Hallelujah. Need to pray for Israel during this time of their high holy days. Um, that I have to teach this morning, that the Holy Spirit teaches through me. I yield myself over to you, spirit, soul, and body. I thank you that this word, this seed, will fall on good ground, good soil, and it will bring forth a mighty harvest. So those of you that have always <clears throat> wondered and don't quite understand the rapture and what's going on there, don't miss it. You need to hear it. Amen. Okay, I'm going to teach on the will of God. And so let's start in 1 John 5, 14 and 15. Praise you, Jesus. Sometimes when you're in the presence of God like that, you just want to just bask, you know, during worship. I don't know about you, but just enter into that secret place of the Most High and just begin to worship Him. The Lord, as I was sitting there, shared with me that many people dishonor God because they don't take that opportunity when we are worshiping to get everything else out of their minds in other words, just pull it all out. If your mind wants to go back and stay on, get on something else, cast down that imagination and just enter in. You can go as far in Him and as and allow Him to get as much of you in in as much of you as you desire. He wants to completely have full reign over your life. First John five fourteen and fifteen. And this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness, which we have in him. We are sure that if we ask anything, making any request according to his will, in agreement with his own plan, he listens to and hears us. And if since we positively know that he listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have been, that we have grant, that we have granted to us, as our present possessions, the requests made of Him. Now, as I was um, teaching the early class today, we taught a little bit about this: how important it is to be walking in the Spirit and in the will of God in this hour, and. We meet, need to make that our one goal and one aim, to be walking in the Spirit and not after the dictates of our flesh. Amen? So I'm going to read it out of the uh, King James. And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hears us, Whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. Hallelujah. Let's go on to see in John 15, 7 and 8. We know that his will is his word. Amen. How many know that? His will is his word. 
Okay. Praise you, Jesus. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So you shall be my disciples. So what does he want us to do? Bear much fruit. Let's look at this in the Amplified. Verse 7, if you live in me, abide vitally united to me, and my words remain in you. Notice he says we've got to live in him, abide vitally united to him, and my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts. Ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. So that word needs to remain in your heart. For out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. Out of what you've sown in your heart, you know, we talked to mountain moving, about mountain moving faith a little bit this morning, how you have to have it settled in your heart. If you've got things settled in your heart, the word of God settled in your heart concerning a subject, then when something happens or occurs to try to, oh, not necessarily tear down your faith, but a situation or a, situ or a circumstance that you need maybe healing in or, or whatever. You're having difficulty in an area or let's say someone has come against you. You need to take the word, put it in your heart and have it so bound in your heart that nothing can change your mind and do not listen to the other voices that try to come your way to, to persuade you, to try to knock you off track and persuade you that it's not going to work for you but, because that's not what my Bible says. He says, if a, <clears throat> let's go to verse 6, or let's go up to verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much abundant fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. I mean, that's pretty plain. Apart from him, we can do nothing. And this is talking about the spiritual things in your life, the spiritual areas that, that God is calling us to do and those things that we know need to be done, say it at things at work maybe, he's saying that it is vitally important that we live in him and he lives in us. He says in verse 4, Dwell in me and I will dwell in you. Live in me and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in being vitally united to the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. Okay, let's go on to verse um, 7 and 8. If you live in me, abide vitally united to me, and my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts. They've got to remain and continue to live in your hearts. Ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you. You know, if you're living in the word and you're placing the word in there, you're going to know the will of God. You know, if you start to move away from the will of God, then you'll, you'll get this check in your spirit. and You'll know something's wrong. Something's wrong. Then he goes on to say, when you bear, produce much fruit, my father is honored. 
and glorified, and you show and prove yourself to be a true follower of mine. Glory to God. Uh, Psalms 110, verse um, 3, the first part of it. Like I shared with early class um, today, we are privileged to live in this country where we can go to church or choose not to go to church. What if one day, all of a sudden, like has happened to so many countries, that privilege is taken away from you? That you are, you know, churches are closed. Pastors are thrown in jail. Things, are, things happen. T don't take what we have right now for granted, but church. Because if you read through the Bible and the things that the Lord says are going to take place, we don't know when the rapture is going to take place, actually, but we need to be prepared for whatever. Our hearts have got to be prepared. God has got to be first place in our hearts. Amen. Now, the Lord has really been laying that on my heart heavily. How much for granted. We take, the Bible says, forsake not the assembling, even so much more as you see the evil day approaching. Well, <clears throat> every day we see more evil being poured out, more godlessness, people yielding over to things that we would have never imagined. So, Psalms 110 Verse 3, your people will offer themselves willingly in the days of your power. Your people will offer themselves willingly in the day of your power, in the beauty of holiness and in the holy array out of the womb of the morning. You will spring forth your young men who are as dew. Look what he says. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. So right now we realize that we are in the days of his power. We realize there's not many days left. But the, he is pouring out his spirit. He is pouring out his power. We do not want to miss what he has for us in these last days. Trust me. Yes, there's going to be persecution and tests and trials and things that go along with that. You'll never get out of God. <clears throat> I know the times that have been the hardest. When I learned things through those times, I learned the character, how to, how to operate and act like God in those times. Did I like it? No. But did I like the results that it, that it brought forth? Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Thy people will be willing in the day of thy power. Although we see right now so many people are turning away and going after the dictates of the flesh, which is really sad. But the Bible says that, that there would be a falling away. And there is a great falling away in this hour. Isaiah 1.19. You need to get excited. I'm not teaching a sin sermon here today. If you are willing and obedient, if you are willing and obedient, 
you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Wow, that's heavy, isn't it? If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured. You know, <clears throat> I've found any time when people come to me or, or if I, you know, if I really, you know, this happens to every person, so I'm going to make this just across the board. You know what the Word of God says about something, but there's just this little part that says, well, you know, if I did it, or if I ate this, or if I did whatever, would it be that bad? If God has said in His Word or told you, don't do it, don't do it. Don't try to, to make up excuses or, or try to change what He's saying and try to say, this, this isn't meant for me in this. Because there will be many, many things that are set out before you to throw you off guard. And we've got to know what the Word says. Like I said, um, Rodney posted on sipping saints or drinking. And, and a friend of his had written a book, as J Jim Caseman just published one. And people got so upset about, and he gave scripture for everything he was saying, got so upset about that. Well, it's okay to have a um, glass of wine with my dinner, and, 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 you know, where do you come off telling me blah, blah, blah? And it's like, I couldn't believe it. I thought, why argue a point? Talk to God, read your word, take the scriptures that he put out there and read them and see what the word of God says. But some people are not willing obedient. And they can't understand why they're not eating the good of the land. God promises to take care of us. But there are certain things that we have to do to stand in that, stand in that line that is going to be completely free from certain circumstances and situations that are going to happen. You know, we at this hour are building an ark for our, the saving of our household. You know, you, you know the Lord. You already know that you're saved. This is not a time to start going backwards. I can just tell you that or putting anything else before the, word, before the Lord. Okay, um, Matthew twelve fifty. And it's tempting. You know, I've heard many people that watch the news. Like I said, I quit watching it. It'll be a year come around Thanksgiving or listening to it. It's not worth it. To me, it was pulling me down spiritually. <clears throat> but I've heard people, they're so upset about what's going on and so discouraged and despondent even. It, it's, it's sad. That's not where God wants us. He wants us to be on fire on top of things. He says he's placed us in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He says we're more than conquerors 
through Christ Jesus. He says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. He says, the things impossible with man are possible with God. We need to take those scriptures and, and run with them. When you come across something that looks impossible, you need to quote the scripture at the situation. Like <clears throat> the brother said this morning out of the book we're reading, it takes a while. You've got to place that word in you and then you've got to stand on that word and not be thrown off in any way. What throws you off? Thoughts. Jesus said, watch what you hear. Watch what you hear. It's very important to watch what you're listening to. Watch what the thoughts that come in your mind. If they don't line up with the word of God, don't go there. He said many times, look straight on. Don't look to the left and don't look to the right. Look straight on. Straight on to what? The word, press towards the mark of high calling. Paul says he refuses to look back. He says, I press on toward the mark of high calling. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. So I'd suggest that you get into the word and start reading the epistles of Paul. If we're supposed to follow him like we follow Christ. You know, Jesus has told, you know, like I said, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are part of the Old Covenant. Jesus told us how to live, but we, the New Testament is for the believer to live by. It was written after Jesus left. The Holy Spirit was given to us as helper, counselor, comforter, teacher, guide. Hallelujah. I don't know how anybody can do it without the Holy Ghost. So Matthew 12, 50. Okay, for whosoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Now let's look at this a little bit. <clears throat> He's talking about demoniacs or people that are set free from an unclean spirit. He says in 43, but when an unclean spirit has gone out of a man, it roams through dry, arid places in search of rest, but it does not find any. Then it says, I will go back to my house from which I came out. So first it's going to go back to the person that the spirit that he was cast out of. He's going to check. He's going to hang around there a little bit to see if there's an opening to come back in. Okay. Understand this. Okay. Um, I'll go back to my house from which I came. And when it arrives, it finds the place unoccupied, swept, put in order, and decorated. Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And they go in. So in other words, it's unoccupied. It is not filled up with the word of God. Now, what the Lord showed me years ago, do not cast demons out of anyone unless you have taught them the word and how to keep their deliverance. Because really you're doing an injustice. Okay. If you remember, Jesus went about doing good 
he went about teaching everywhere. Teaching. That's why in the, the days of revival during Brother Hagen's time, and there were many out there that were getting people through Jesus, were getting people healed and saved and delivered, but many of those people did not say, stay healed, saved, and delivered because they did not have the word implanted in them. Okay, <clears throat> so let's go on. Then it goes and brings in seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go and make their home there. And the, la the last condition of the man becomes worse than the first. So also shall it be with, the, with this wicked generation. We know that we live in a wicked generation. How many know that? Nobody? One person. Jesus was still speaking to the people when, behold, his mother and brother stood outside seeking to speak to him. Someone said to him, Listen, your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak to you. But he replied to the man who told him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? This is a pretty heavy statement here. And stretching out his hand towards not only the twelve disciples, but all his adherents, he said, here are my mother and my brothers, for whosoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. That is how highly, how highly you are thought of if you do the will of his Father. He sees you as important as his mother, his sister, and his brothers. That's heavy when you think about that. That's how important it is to be doing the will of God. Luke 20 or Luke 12:47. You know that song we sing friend of God. What a powerful song. What a privilege <coughs> to be called God's friend, excuse me. Luke 12:47 And we have a friend that laid down his life for us. How much greater can it be than to lay down your life for someone? I mean, I want you to really think about those that are in the military. They're out there, you know, when you ever you have the opportunity to bless someone in the military, bless them. Go up and tell them how blessed you are. If you have an opportunity and they're, and they're out eating and you're in a restaurant eating, pay for their meal. Don't even go and tell them. Just tell the, tell the waitress, I want to pay for their meal. Nobody needs to know who did it or what did it. Just say, tell them God loves you this much. You paid for your meal and thank you for, for, thank you for being there for me. Uh, Luke 12, 47. Let's read it. And that servant who knew his master will, master's will, but did not get ready or act as he would wish him to act, shall be beaten with many lashes. Wow, that's heavy. Let's look and see what he's talking about here. Let's go up to 
verse 40. You, must, you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour and a moment when you do not anticipate it. Peter said, Lord, are you telling this parable for us or for all alike? And the Lord said, who then is that faithful steward, the wise man whom his master will set over those in his household service to supply them their allowance of food in the appointed times? Blessed, happy, and to be envied is the servant whom his master finds so doing when he arrives. Truly, I tell you, he will set him in charge over all his possessions. But if that servant says in his heart, My master is late in coming, and begins to strike the men's, men's servants and the maidservants, and to eat and drink and get drunk, that master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him in an hour of which he does not know and will punish him and will cut him off and assign his lot with the unfaithful. That is heavy. And that servant who knew his master's will but did not get ready, but did not get ready, but did not get ready, or act as he would wish him to act, shall be beaten with many lashes. That's heavy. So he's telling us, get ready. Do everything you can to prepare to be ready. Because it could be at any hour. He goes, you know, he, he talks about, not here, but he talks about the ten bridesmaids. And only five had oil in their lamp. Only five were ready. <clears throat> Ask yourself, you know, I find myself making sure that I am ready to meet God at any time. And you can look around and see it can be any time. There's nothing, nothing holding us back from leaving here. Glory to God. That's an exciting, you know, that's, that to me is exciting. Some people it brings dread. If, if it brings dread on you, then you need to go and check some things out. Why? Because that should be exciting. You should be excited that at any time you, we can be raptured out of here. Praise God. You say, well, what, what about my family? Let God take care of them. Let God take care. Let God, God knows exactly what it's going to take. Sometimes we get in the way, church. I'm going to be real honest with you. Okay. Um, John 7, 17. Are you ready? Are you hotter this year than you were last year? You are on fire for God than you were last year. One way to... Um, one way to really check yourself out is, are you praying more? Are you reading the word more? Are you just the same as you were last year? Are you witnessing more? I mean, this, this really, start thinking, what, what do you feel that a person that is preparing themselves to meet their master should be doing? I'm not going to tell you. You need to, you know, you should know in your own self. Check everything out, you know, making a list, checking it twice. 
You know, that'll gonna find out if you're naughty or nice. What's your thought life like? I'll go on. John 17, 7, 17. I apologize on that one. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory, but he that seeketh his glory that sent him, the same is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. So let's look what it says in um, 7.17. If any man desires to do his will, God's pleasure, he will know, have the needed illumination to recognize and can tell for himself whether the teaching is from God or whether I am speaking from myself and of my own accord and my own authority. Praise God. John 9.31 There's a lot out there. And if you're if you have not planted the word of God in your heart, there is so much deception out right now. There will be a lot of words spoken, then all of a sudden they'll, they'll get off it. There will just be a slight point where they'll get off it. And we need to make our, we need to know that we know that we know what we're doing and who we're listening to is right. John 9.31 Should be getting a lot of amens out there. We know that God does not listen to sinners. I mean, that's heavy. We know that God does not listen to sinners. We could stop right there. We know that God... Hang on. Heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God, doth his will, he, him he heareth. So he says, we know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is God-fearing and a worshiper of him and does his will, he listens to him. Praise God. That's a heavy scripture when you really think about that. Romans 8, 27. Of course, we're told nowadays in certain camps that it's okay to sin, that all that's been covered and you don't have to ask forgiveness. That's a lie of the devil if I've ever heard one. You know, it's pastors and my job to teach you these things, and maybe sometimes you don't like it. Eat the spinach. I hate spinach. I don't like it, but it's, it's healthy for you. Amen? Eat the hay and spit out the sticks. You've got to do that sometimes. It's like asparagus. I don't like it, but it's good for you. <laughs> Romans eight twenty seven. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. 
because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So let's move up a little bit. Likewise, this, in verse 26, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, body frailties, and mind weaknesses. For he knoweth not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So I see here you're safe praying in the Holy Ghost. Matter of fact, it's good for you. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, it's good for you. If you find that you are praying less in the Holy Spirit now than you used to, there's something wrong. Amen? Let's go over here and look at this in the in the Amplified, Romans eight twenty seven, And he who searches the hearts of men knows what is in the mind of the Holy Spirit, which his intent is, because the Spirit intercedes and pleads before God in behalf of the saints according to and in harmony with God's will in harmony with God's will. So Jesus said, I am giving you another comforter. In other words, he said, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. And this Holy Spirit is going to be with each believer. You know, Jesus could only be one place at a time. The Holy Spirit is with us all the time. That's why we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. That's why we don't want to quench the Holy Spirit. That's why we need to watch what we're watching, watch what we're listening to, because if you're listening to something or doing something that is ungodly, then you are quenching the Holy Spirit. So you need to really know, would Jesus sit down and do this? Would, be, would he be happy to sit here and do this with me? Amen. Romans 9.31. No, I'm sorry. John 9.30. No, I'm sorry. Romans 12.2. In the head of myself and behind myself. I'll go with verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you, in view of all the mercies of God, to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, He's telling us, make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice. In other words, no one in this room should ever have Alzheimer's if you're doing this. I'm being honest. Presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. So he's saying that we are to 
make a decisive dedication of our bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice to God. Okay? Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned and adapted to its external, superficial customs, but be transformed, changed, by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideas and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. Hallelujah. So God is telling us that this is given to us and this is how we are to act and react. Amen. Ask yourself, how much time am I spending in the Word of God? How much time am I praying daily? You know, the days are going by much faster. The Lord said that, that he would, he would, he might, you know, that this was a possibility. You wake up in the morning and the next thing you know, it's time for bed. How many realize that? He's doing that for us because of what's going on in the world. Thank God, but you've got to take time out for God. What's, is there anything more important than God? Your time with Him? Can you think of anything that's more important? If you, if you start to fall asleep, pinch yourself or something. Step on your toe as hard as you can. Wake yourself up. Bring a pin. Philippians 2.13. You have to remember, before we pastored, we were sheep. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. For it is God which worketh in you to do, to will and to do his good pleasure. Now here comes the big one. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. You notice what he, you notice this. He says, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. Wow, that's the kicker right there. That you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Wow, holding fast to the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain either labored in vain. Hallelujah. It's interesting that he puts those two together, doesn't it? Well, I hate to say this, but I've been guilty to 14 at times. <clears throat> he says here, again, in verse... <laughs> wow. 13. Not of your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and desire both 
to will and to work his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. Do all things without grumbling and fault-finding and complaining against God and questioning and doubting among yourself, that you may show yourself to be blameless and guileless, innocent and uncontaminated children of God without blemish, faultless, unrebukable, in the midst of a crooked and wicked generation, spiritually perverted and perverse, among whom you are seen as bright light stars and beacons shining out clearly in the dark world. Wow. He says, do this. And then he goes on to say, without murmuring and complaining. He says, God's at work in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and complaining. So what I see here is, he's at work within us, but if we murmur and complain, it's not going to work. We just nullify everything that he's trying to do by our big mouth. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. You want life or death? Well, that was a good slapper today. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. <laughs> you know, there's different ways to murmur and complain. Have you ever seen something that rolled your eyes? Have you ever seen people just muttering away because they're upset at their mate, you know, under their breath? <clears throat> you idiot, whatever, you know, or, I mean, just thinking it. Sooner or later, if you think it long enough, you're going to say it. It's God's plot, which it is God, which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. Some people just have to dispute everything. Everything. Do you have to win all the time? 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18. Let someone else win once in a while. But you did it. Oh, shut up. You're, it's, 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 you know, I could just see old Adam. It's, uh, would you say that it's the wife you gave me that caused me to do that? Could have been a murmuring and a complaining and a disputing. He didn't have to eat of it. You know, he could have told her, God said, don't eat of this. He told me, do not eat of this. I told you, but he told me. So who was the wrong one? They both were, but he didn't have to eat of it. What do you think would have happened if he didn't eat of it? You ever thought about that? And he cried out to God, said, God, forgive her. There wouldn't be a bunch of nuts running around, I can guarantee you that. First Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18. got me but it was the wife you gave me rejoice evermore 16 17 pray without ceasing 
In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from the appearance of evil. These, and it says, um, despise not prophesying, if they're right on. Let's go here in the Amphite. Be happy in your faith and rejoice and be glad-hearted continually, always. But unceasingly in prayer, praying, persevering. Thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstance may be. Be, be thankful and give thanks. For this is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus, the, re the revealer and mediator of that will. Be thankful in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be. Hmm. wonder if the reason our prayers aren't answered is that we're not thankful in everything. Do not quench, suppress, or subdue the Holy Spirit. Do not spurn the gifts and utterances of the prophets. Do not, um, let's see. Test and prove all things until you can recognize what is good to that hold fast. Test and prove all things. Test and prove all things. Test them. Prove it. Abstain from evil. Shrink from it. Keep aloof from it. In whatever form or whatever kind it may be. You know, I'm going to tell you, any area that I open myself up to since I've been saved, I can almost guarantee if I let my guard down, that is the area that the enemy's going to come back and try to get in. We just learned that. Bring seven with them. Hebrews 10.36. Guess what? This is the last one. This is where I'm at kind of and stuff. If I have to sit around, if something happens and I have to sit around and wrestle around with it with my brain, is it okay? Is it not? Is it okay? Is it not? Is it, then I just say forget it. It's not. Okay, Hebrews 10.36. For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance. This is a big one. You have need of steadfast patience and endurance so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God, thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. Wow. Now listen to this next verse. Now, Pastor said this coming Wednesday, he's got a very special thing on Rosh Hashanah, tape he's going to show that's powerful that'll lead you from... Rosh Hashanah to the rapture, correct? All the way, it's going to explain it all. 
Am I correct? Good. Can't wait to see it. You know, for me to not do the one I want to do and say, praise God, I'm excited. Okay, what's that scripture again? I'm sorry. 36. <clears throat> Move up a little. 38. No, 36. We're going to go down. For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God, thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. For still a little while, a very little while, and the coming one will come, and he will not delay. But the just shall live by faith. My righteous servant shall live by his conviction, responding man's, respecting man's relationship to God and divine things, and holy fervor born of faith, and conjoined with it. And if he draws back and shrinks in fear, my soul has no need, has no delight or pleasure in him. That is heavy. If you find yourself shrinking back in fear and you're not walking in faith and you can't get over it, you need to get on the phone and, and call pastor. I'm serious so he can pray for you. If, you're, if you wrestle with something and, it, and it, it is so weighty and so heavy on you and you, you're fasting and you're praying, I mean, there are some people then in the learning process, if they can't deal with it, they need help getting through that. You know, some pastors never hand out their phone number to their congregation. You know why? Because they feel like, I was there on a Sunday and I went Wednesday and that's all they need. That's not true. You, you need to be guided through some things and shown how to do things just like a little kid. Go clean your room and make your bed. They don't know how. And my kids didn't know how to make a bed until I showed them, and it didn't just take one time, let me tell you. Pastor was into the military thing where you could flip a quarter off your sheet or your bed. I don't think we could flip a quarter off our bed right now if we tried. Anyway, um, but the just shall live by faith. My righteous servant shall live by his conviction, respecting man's relationship to God and divine things and holy fervor born of faith and conjoined with it. If he draws back and shrinks in fear, my soul has no delight or pleasure in him. But our way is not that of those who draw back to eternal misery, perdition, and utterly destroyed. But we have, but we are of those who believe, who cleave to and trust in and rely on God through Jesus Christ the Messiah and by faith, preserve the soul. Hallelujah. Thank God. He says, for a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. It's already rolling. How many can feel it? You know, the things that are going on in the world, it's already rolling. It's already moving. There's no stopping it. There's no stopping it. God, God knows the date. He knows the time. He says, I will show you, you know, you will be not be ignorant. 
of the signs of the times and when it's about to happen. He says, you'll know that, but no one knows the exact date, the exact day or time. Only God knows it. Jesus doesn't even know it. But we need to be prepared because we can see the signs of the times. He said, when you see these things happening, get ready. Get the oil in your lamp and get ready. So, now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Glory, hallelujah. We give you the praise, Lord. I thank you, Father God, for your word today. I thank you, Father God, that as we pray in the Holy Ghost, as we read the word, as we stand, having done all to stand, stand therefore. We are not moved. We are moving forward. And my prayer, God, is if Jesus comes this week, every one of us is ready. I'd like every head bowed and every eye closed if I could. Praise you, Jesus. Maybe you've never actually really come to the Lord and been born again. If that's you and or if you've backslidden and you're not you're not ready to meet him. If he were to come this afternoon. If you're not ready to meet him and you desire to be ready to meet him, if you've fallen off or fallen away or whatever. In other words, you're slipping backwards and you're not going forward. He says, if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. That, to me, that means you're not making it. I don't know how, how, how much better to describe that, but if you're in that state and today you say, I'm going to lift my hand and I'm coming out of this state. If you'll lift your hand, I'll pray with you. I'm not going to ask you to come up. Nobody look around. It's no one's business. Praise you, Jesus. Okay, then I take it everybody's ready. Because I know the day after the rapture, the minute after, People are going to be running to the churches. Not number one, I don't think people are going to be able to call anybody. I don't think that anything's going to be working. They're going to be running to find out. You know, the Bible talks about one will be in the bed, one will, one will leave, and one will be still laying there. How'd you like to wake up in the morning and your mate or, or whoever in the house, there's nobody left? That'd be hideous. So, Father, my prayer for each one of us this week is that we get so on fire for the things of God and so ready for, the thing, for God that we move, do His will, rejoice in Him, put a watch over our mouth, and don't murmur and complain. I just ask you to bless each person 
super abundantly above all that they could dare ask or think. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. We should all be rejoicing that our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. Amen. I mean, if we could see that book right now, we could, it would be opened up. We'd see our name in it. That's powerful. What a privilege. Thank you, Jesus.